Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, the 25th of July, because I forgot to write that down in my notes. Mm. It's episode 146. I'm Tony. I'm Dennis. Oh, we're getting close to the big 150. I I didn't think about it either. But I'm thinking about it now, and I'm thinking, oh, good, it's four episodes away. We don't have to think about about it anymore right now. Yeah. So, what's been going on? Final Fantasy 14. I know. That's it. That's I mean, I, I could. I, 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 I mean, didn't know that that was it, but I knew that it would be something. There would be yeah. something. I mean, I could complain about work more and being tired and coming home and falling asleep at six o'clock, but no, no don't don't complain. I don't need to do that. Yes, it's it, it is what it is. I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy fourteen still. Uh, I finally finished the main story quest for A Realm Reborn, which is the first initial thing, and then I've started the Heaven's Word content. Uh, it's still fun. I'm still enjoying it. Uh, the big thing that I've done lately is I got, I started as a, uh, as a Lala, which is basically if you ever played Final Fantasy 11, it's a Taru. Mm-hmm. It's the little short, yeah, tiny they're little adorable. adorable thing. And I hit a point where I decided I hated all of my clothing options for how they made my <laughs> character look. <laughs> it's reminding me of, have you ever seen, seen the Angelina Jolie <laughs> Tomb Raider movie where the, she gets attacked. I'm sorry. This is a weird, <laughs> weird sidetrack. She gets attacked in her mansion and they shoot the whole place up and like UPS or FedEx comes the next day to deliver her a package. And he's just looking around at all the damage and she just says, I just woke up and hated everything. <laughs> and that's, that's what I've imagined. You just waited to Final Fantasy 14, just looked at your wardrobe and you're just like, I hate everything. That's basically what it amounted to. It's like, it, no matter what I wear, it makes me look like the little kid trying to wear daddy's clothes. And, and it was starting to annoy me. So at the end of, uh, one of the big main quest lines, you get a potion called a Fantasia and it basically lets you, you, you drink it and it tells you, Hey, take off all of your gear and then log out and then log back in. And it lets you go back through the character creator and just remake your character into whatever changes you make, whatever changes you want to make. And so I did that. So now instead of the cute little adorable little child, adorable. Thing, <laughs> uh, uh, now I'm a cat boy. So, mm. well, that's very Japanese. It's very anime. Yeah. Kind of. It was, uh, I was, tr- I tried, I made pretty much one of everything hmm. and then pick the one I like the most. If only you could find the right hot spring to turn you back. Uh, yeah, I just need to buy another Fantasia. They're like 10 bucks in the, in the <laughs> okay. real money store. Okay. <laughs> and the game has all the stuff saved. So literally I could just load my old character. Oh, because hmm. that's what I did is I created new characters and just created looks and saved them and created a new look and saved it and created a new look and saved it and did that for like eight or nine different looks and then picked the one I liked the best. So it actually was pretty easy that way. Uh, and now I just go and I, I, I play around all my solo stuff as a red mage and group stuff. I am a heal boy. So, which translates to doing as little healing as possible. Yeah, it's tedious. It's not really tedious. It's just annoying. I, I've got a good damage rotation going, and I hate to interrupt my damage rotation because you can't get out of the glowy box on the floor. That means you're going to take damage in mm. three seconds if you don't. Move. But that's always been a risk <clears throat> with people in MMOs. They don't understand telegraphed attacks. Yeah, I know. It's like, 
oh, there's mechanics, and this game tells you the exact mechanic for most of it, and all I have to do is take one step back. Nah, I, I, I'm too awesome being my ninja dude. <laughs> Blink tank. <laughs> so, with that being the totality of my excitement lately, what do you got going? Well, I have made a little bit of Gears of uh, War. I guess it's just called Gears at this point. Gears 5 Progress. I played that War yesterday. War is evil, so we can't name it Wars. No, we couldn't. Um, I got past a boss that I had died to a few times. So, uh, because I had not figured out that it had three different, like, cycles. Like, they weren't... They, they weren't were not, like, phases? Kinda. Kinda. The thing was, I was always dying at the start of the last phase, so I did not realize that he was always doing that pat. Like I didn't know there was a pattern. So the mo- there's a big monster, and it would um, in the third fight. I think it was the third phase, whatever the final phase was. It shifted from when it would be mad at you, run at you, to jump, and if it lands on you, you instantly die. I thought it was pro- being a proximity trigger. So I was trying to stay further away from it so it couldn't leap and not realize it will leap no matter what. So when I finally dodged one of the leaps, it did it again and I wasn't ready for it because I thought, oh, I'm way far back this time. So I'd be okay. <laughs> anyway, it's just silly. I just wasn't thinking right. So uh, so I've made some more progress in that. And then uh, because of you and your, your video I, I I take no blame. I sent you a cool video. If you do everything, if you make your every choice in your life based on if you of send cool me a video, I'm I send you, you didn't send me a video jumping off a bridge. I mean, I was just saying, what would have happened? Just because I sent you a cool <laughs> video like, doesn't mean you need to be out there. I mean, let me. Um, I think you're not building a boat in the backyard now, are you? No, but if it keeps raining, I might. <laughs> so, yeah, no. So I, I got some stuff to start uh, doing some uh, hobby watch repair. So. Uh, as I was telling Tony before we started, I, I screwed up the first one, which, to be fair, is not a design that was meant to be taken apart. And so uh, so that was a, that was an interesting learning experience. And now I'm working on a very, very, very small ladies watch. So, again, not the best one to start with. but And I lost a screw. So basically, you went straight to the dark souls of watch repair. Well, I mean. And I guess, I guess technically this would be also gears. I guess. Except, I mean, they're not like the to- most like totally trashed. I mean, I, Grant, okay. Maybe I should have started with one that was working and seen if I could get it, take it apart and put it back together and <laughs> it still, still work. work. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know. Anyway, I just thought it would be something different. Something, something new. And maybe eventually I could, it might be something to record. Though without macro lenses, I don't know how well you could really oh, record Oh, yeah. No, stuff. you'd have to have. I like- tried to shoot some stuff with the camcorder. I screwed up the the footage uh though and but even thinking about it i was just like ah, this is all so zoomed out uh com- you know comparatively i mean it's right. really zoomed in for a poor little camcorder but yeah because i've seen some of the videos of people like the video i sent you of the guy yeah. working on stuff and then they go and it's like okay well now i need to change to my microscope camera feed yeah like, <laughs> microscope no 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 see because as is often the case with me, you know, it's like, I really would like to go in and give this a try, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. So it's, it's, a, it's a weird hodgepodge of, um, you know, getting the the right, you know, not skimping on things like the tweezers and the screwdrivers and the oil equipment and all of that. And then being like, okay, well, 
let's use some Rubbermaid tubs and some basic cleaners to clean the stuff. And yeah, because why buy stuff if I'm not going to stick with it? Because um, who knows? Tools are always useful, though. And that's the thing. But too, yeah, I, I, that's my logic. It's what my all my toolbox is full of other tools. Tell me, is tools are always useful. There's always a good time where you go. I'm glad I had that. And they don't really go bad. Right. Well, if they do, there are guys on YouTube who can fix them. Yes, there are. Or rebuild them for you. Yes. Or both. So anyway, so that's been kind of interesting. Um, it's uh, it's just different. I can really... I I don't know yet, but my thought... I'm just not used to working with things that small, so that's really... It's just like getting used to working with a loop and stuff at that level is really weird. But... Um, everything goes together in a very logical manner other than the Timex stuff. So in that regard, it's kind of neat to see it, you know, be able to put, pull it apart and then try and see it come together. I mean, I assume it will feel better if it actually works. <laughs> we'll find out once I, uh, once I, uh, get my, my screw replacements, which I'm hoping are the right size because it was an assortment of 18 different sizes that were supposed to be for most of the common things in mechanical movements. I have no idea of what I lost as common or not. But, but I knew I would eventually lose screws because I do on big projects. Right. Well, that's so that's what happens. I lose screws in pinball and can't ever find them. And so I was like, how am I supposed to find something that's the size of a grain of sand? Uh, I don't know. I found it a lot. Of, I found a lot of them that I've dropped. But once they, if they leave the table, that's kind of it. It's kind of too far. It's too far. Too far. Maybe gone. you need a table with a little ridge edge thing to work on. Maybe I did order a one of the a work mat that's supposed to. I'm hoping minimize the bounces and stuff. Like I've been using like a plastic tablecloth, something easy. Yeah, to, I've got. I a, need something I can see on. So. I've got one of those self repairing uh, mats with the measurements on it that you mm. use for model making and stuff on my desk. I went ahead when I ordered the screws and ordered the twenty dollar Bergeron Swiss mat. That's green, supposedly the the color that's easiest on the eyes and extended duration close up viewing and good contrast against watch pieces. That's what they that's what they actually said. I was like, are you sure you're really that much better than blue? Really? But probably. I don't know. See, mine's reversible. It's green on one side, black oh, on the other. Very fancy. So, well, you know what else is fancy? Pinball. We don't have any new game announcements though. We actually, you know. Other than our intros, this might be a bit of a downer episode as I'm thinking, as I'm looking over our notes. I don't, yeah. think, I don't feel that we, we have a lot of, of, of positive. Anything here. positive or upbeat? Yeah. I mean, at all. Well, no, there's a, I'll, I'll open with one that's upbeat. Okay. So Stern is teasing. Oh, sorry about that. Ooh. My pen, my pen cap. Uh, Stern has been teasing that they've got some sort of big announcement in September. Now, as that would indicate, they aren't saying what it is. However, indications are that it's going to impact a number of games. So I've heard this and I've seen this noted in two different places now. First time I heard about it was uh, Joel Engelberth, who hosts the Just Another Pinball podcast. He did an interview. Actually, it was about Deadpool's the pinball machine specifically Mm -hmm. with uh, George Gomez and Tanya Kleiss. During that interview, when asking about, like, when's Tanya going to be taking lead on code again, because he hasn't since Deadpool, the discussion was about what he's been working on something else lately. And I believe September was what was indicated that that was going to be expected to be finished, and then he would be able to start working on his next game. 
Then Gary Stern, according to uh, This Week in Pinball, didn't ask me anything. And from the highlights that Jeff with This Week in Pinball pointed out, there, Gary said that there's something big impacting multiple games coming in September. The rumor mill is internet connectivity finally. Because what else is going to impact lots of games all at once? What are your thoughts, though? Internet connectivity with systems that don't have built-in networking capability or built-in networking cards or built-in wireless capability seems rough because you're going to have to order parts. It'll be something extra that you'll have to put into the machine yourself if it's for older systems. Now, if it's for the newer stuff coming forward, okay, that makes sense, which means it's a change to their – it'll involve at least a minor change to their standard board set. Well, the older stuff is is going to be impacted because in the Just Another Pinball interview, I believe George actually told Joel, don't sell your Deadpool. Interesting. Because as far as I know, there's no built there's no built in right. networking capability believe, in any of these systems. I do systems. not believe, though I do not know for sure, because I don't own a Spike 2 system much. I don't own a Spike 1 system for that matter. I do not believe that they have, say, a Wi-Fi card already in them. But it is a node-based system, so they may have it integrated in such a way that it's an easy, like it's not hard to add on. It could be an easy, just that, a plug and play, like type how thing. the toppers run down. You just plug them in, yeah. and they work. It could be so. But I do think you're right that people will, by and large, other than perhaps it will be by default on the going forward games, that they'll have to get something to make it work if it is connectivity. But if it's affecting games that have already come out. I don't know what else it would be unless they were just, it's a weird way to describe it. Like if they were just sitting on a big bunch of code, like there was that time where they did the big code update where all of a sudden it's like um, games. I mean, Star Trek had a code update and Metallica had a code update, but that was just like all out, you know. Right. Could be a firmware update. What would be the feature? I don't know. But that would affect everything. Yeah, but, and when but they who say would be excited for? I'm trying to be like, why would I be like, don't sell whatever, your Deadpool so for, you can have the joys of updating BIOS. Right, for whatever <laughs> whatever special <laughs> thing they have. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm trying to figure out what would expect. And when they say, how old the machines are we talking about? Will it only affect the machines since they started putting out the the LCDs? Or will it affect older machines? That's, or, I mean... Is it's, it only the new system? Is it? I mean, I who, who knows? Now, it is known that they have, because they have said before that they have been working on internet connectivity for quite a while. So that's right. part of the reason why I think there's a lot of, of thought there. Uh, and that's what I would guess at this stage. Oh, I think I it makes the most sense. I can't come up with anything else that you would tease in this way. Like, it, it's all going to be in September. It's affecting multiple games. Keep your... Keep your old stuff. And I agree. I, with you, I'm at a loss to know like where the old stuff, co- it can't go all the way back. Um, I, my, my guess will be that it will be only spike systems. I would even go further to say my guess will be it would only be spike two systems, LCD systems. Right. But maybe all of them. It could. There are network adapters that you just plug into USB ports. How far back in the systems were did they use USB ports for updating? Uh, Sam, I believe. 
So, so if they if you're they basically have, World Poker Tour, I think on. So if they so it could they could be doing something like that using that as the network mm. adapter because then you just have to reach in and go plug. If you they have it set up, that's correctly. a good point. Yeah. So basically, uh, so they couldn't go. I don't believe they could go back to their. Yeah, because White Star didn't have USB updates, but but as of Sam, so they could go. I mean, if that was the case, yeah, they could go back into the DMD era, uh, and hit. I think World Poker Tour on. So pretty much all the important stuff. Yeah, yeah, all the popular ones. You know, ACDC, Metallica, Star Trek. You know, all the you know where they had all their hits. I mean, the only White Star games of any note are uh, Simpsons and Lord of the Rings. Anyway, right, but. But of course, it's a question of what does this connectivity bring, and whether the rest of the software, because that's the other aspect. Getting it online is one thing. Why would I want Star Trek online? Like, easier code updates is the biggest why thing would to I, me. Why, why would there be any more code updates? And the only other thing I could see is leaderboards, which see, I could see are very important to some people and other if, people don't care. If about. they've got if they update the systems of those SAM games to allow for leaderboard communication, I could I could possibly see that. Um they might have that backbone in on the spike stuff already, though. That's where it seems like it would be more realistic on the here's the truth of it. Here's what it's gonna end up being. They're gonna sell ad space on your LCDs <gasps> and your DMD oh. monitors and stuff, where you'll just occasionally get, you know, you know. Have a filet of fish. It's March up here on your thing while you're. But wouldn't that mean P3 has the best ad space? It does have the best ad space. I mean, if they want to just utterly alienate the customers, no, they are. No, do it like Kindle style. If we buy the ad based version, we save money. You know what? If they made you save enough money, it could help. <laughs> I've a- not bought a Kindle that w- wasn't ad enabled because the ads are completely unobtrusive. Mm-hmm. So, because the only times you see the ads are when you're like unlocking it from the lock screen. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm so hurt by this yeah. ad. The um, only thing I wonder about is what makes it choose what ads I'm going to see because I see a lot of ads that it's like, I don't own a book that would fall into the category of this, but okay. Unless it's because I've got a, because me and my wife have shared our libraries, so I'm getting ads based upon her library. So I don't know. So we'll have to see, but uh, probably won't have to wait all that long. Uh, yeah, September's little, not very yeah, far away. About another month. So, which at the rate this year is going means two or three minutes. Yes, indeed. So uh, one other piece of pinball news, and this is where we start our descent into the unhappy topics. Uh, so the Pinball Museum in Banning, we touched on that a couple yep. episodes ago, I believe. Maybe it was one episode ago. Uh, they are permanently closing. So they had put out an announcement. They obviously did not relocate in time. They did not find a uh, a sponsor to fund any storage needs or whatever that they, they would need to buy some time with. And they were unable to find a single collector that was willing to buy the entire museum collection. So... Those are all going to go for auction. Um, they made uh, an announcement that that like that auction's all set up. You can't contact them early and try and buy a game out from under the auction or whatever. You need to just go through the auction process. Uh, the now the big thing besides obviously that this was a major collection that's going to be broken apart uh, is in disc 
which is the it never drains in Southern California, right. big pinball tournament that Carl D'Angelo is associated with, I believe. That uh, that will still be moving forward. Indisc has already made an announcement that they're going to find a new venue and they're still going to hold Indisc. So the the competitive tournament that people love, because that's a very popular tournament, uh, that should still proceed. But obviously, they're going to have to hammer out some new solutions. But that being said, I believe I read on one of the pinball forums that Indisc for the tournament was already relying on a lot of outside. It wasn't relying on the museum's games as much as it was outsiders bringing games. So that model isn't going to be wholly different for them. But anyway, uh, they'll just have to find. Yeah, it'll be. So it's not. I I would say you know if I was to if I was to nutshell it, I would say this is not as uh, as devastating as Replay FX's decision to quit owning games and ending Pinberg and all of that because the tournament is what people really care about. the The pinball museum, the Museum of Pinball and Banning, had horrible access. Like. It was open four times a year. Yeah. So in some ways, I, I'm i not going to take this episode to criticize nonprofits doing things I don't understand. I think I do that enough as it is. I don't, I don't get why they were where they were for the number of years that they were with that limited of access. It doesn't feel like much of a museum for the public when you're open once a quarter. I'm, I'm just saying. So in a lot of ways, it's hard for me to care what happens to an entity that didn't feel like it was really for the public anyway. But- a lot of people were upset. So here, we're covering it. And that's understandable, uh, being upset over the loss of something like that. Sure. We'll just have to see what happens. Speaking of upset. Nope. No? No. I have a pinball question for you. Dang it. I didn't want to answer any questions today. So I was going back no, in our notes, back. our notes, looking when you said it a couple episodes ago. <laughs> and I and, and was I caught at one of our older notes, I realized something. Mm-mm. It's... After the 4th of July weekend, have we heard anything else about Raza? No, and I almost put that in the notes, and then I, because there was no news, I didn't. So, well, I think the news that the fact that their last thing said it'd be after the 4th of July weekend before they said anything else, and now we're coming up on almost a month after the 4th of July. I, I am weekend. still on Pennside monitoring the Deep Root thread, and there were a lot of people that were hoping slash expecting an announcement to have hit by Friday, and it didn't happen. So, or if it did, no one reported it and I, everything's been getting reported. So, yeah. So I, yeah, there's absolutely no, there was no new news on Raza. There's no new news on Deep Root. The thread has been exploding with messages. It's mostly trolling, just people going off on weird tangents, (laughs) uh, discussions about how J-pop has seduced yet another person into falling for his godhood of pinball design, uh, you know, Ben Hex in there a lot, uh, saying stuff about, you know, knowing things about behind, you know, behind the scenes stuff coming out loud. Oh, here's a kind of a, I guess this will whet your appetite. Then you can remember it in a few more episodes. As he said, it, Ben said at some point he would explain, um, the, tell the story about when Robert, the principal behind Deep Root, attempted to, uh, acquire Spooky. Really? Interesting. Acquire or I get a share in it or some some ownership thing. So I don't, again, I don't know any of the details, but so yeah, no, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, it's been a lot of nothing. A too. whole lot so, of nothing. Well, it's a forum. That's what I expect. Out right. Of forum, so. Anyway, so no, there's still no good news there. 
I but, I didn't know there was, I didn't think would ever think anything to do with Raza would be good news at this point. So now we can move to video games. Do you want to open with what you had planned to open with, or do you want to open with that that poor individual who emailed us about how you ruined their life by getting them addicted to Final Fantasy fourteen? Sure. I just point out that I, I'm not. You you are all like don't, Dennis. You can't hold me responsible for you, you taking f- apart watches. And I'm like, what about the poor Final Fantasy guy? You, you know what? This is what you do to people. You suck them into these things. I I, I talk about stuff. That's all I do. There's you nothing call you wrong Tony with Hoover because you're sucking I so mean, hard down I, on people. I just talk about stuff that I'm doing and that I enjoy. It's not my fault. I'm glad people enjoy things that I also enjoy. It makes me feel happy. Oh, you're sucking them down the it rabbit hole. It makes me feel joy. <laughs> That's a sound. But, yes. <laughs> it's an addictive game. I enjoy well, it Well, that's how MMOs are designed. And, and, and this one does a very good job because it, it, it really gets away of the worst MMO things and the fact that it doesn't require me to spend a whole lot of time constantly interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, you know, if you ever wanted to do a career change, you a heroin dealer would probably be a strong one for you. Oh, it'd make a lot more money. See, you know, it would make you know, so much more money. You could, you chase the white dragon, and you don't really have to deal a lot with people. And <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. You just need a corner yeah. in, a, in, in an abandoned building somewhere. Just, you ever see the wire? Have you seen an antique? Just spoon? remember the good part. Let's remember the good parts from the wire. We use these nice antique spoons. They're very... They're they're, sterling silver. You do have to polish them or else they'll tarnish. But I know a guy on YouTube will show you how to replate that stuff. (laughs) Just get some some batteries, some nickel alloy, (laughs) some solutions. Next thing you know. Good as new. Yeah. I saw someone take it. He was trying to figure out how to gold plate. He took his wife's Honda logo off of her car, but he had put the polarity on the wrong end, so it turned black. (laughs) (laughs) So he took the other emblem off and did the trunk. That one turned to gold. Okay, well, you got one of them right. <laughs> so it's just like one's black. I think you put a both back on the car. And he just said, she never noticed. Or she noticed and she knew him well she enough. She just did. She, was just like, did she just shook her head. So one of the two. It was funny. Speaking of funny, though, now we got to move into not funny. Yeah, there was the happiness. The joy's gone. It's all dead now. So we're going to open with Blizzard. And I'm going to give his flat out say this is a content warning and a trigger warning. And uh, it once again ties into those issues that we talked about last year with sexual harassment and everything. Uh, the state of California has actively sued Activision Blizzard over what it alleges to be a frat boy culture that created a, a and I quote, breeding ground for harassment and discrimination against women, end quote. The uh, lawsuit describes a culture of constant sexual harassment at Blizzard Entertainment. And uh, I'm pulling the rest of this pretty much just as a big clip from uh, the Eurogamer article because it's almost nothing but information straight from the uh, suit. Mm, Okay. So uh, it's basically female employees, quote, almost universally confirmed that working for defendants was akin to working in a frat house, which invariably involved male employees drinking and subjecting female employees to sexual harassment with no repercussions. Uh, The suit mentions cube crawls 
where male employees probably came into work hungover. Similarly, male employees would play video games during work, engage in banter about their sexual encounters, talk openly about female bodies, and make numerous jokes about rape. As a product of this frat boy culture, women were subjugated to numerous sexual comments and advances, groping and unwanted physical touching, and other forms of harassment. A female employee noted that random male employees would approach her on defendant's work site and comment on her breasts. Female employees working for the World of Warcraft team noted that male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in demeaning behavior. This behavior was known to supervisors and indeed encouraged by them, including a male supervisor openly encouraging a male subordinate to buy a prostitute to cure his bad mood. Employees were further discouraged from complaining as human resource personnel were known to be close to the alleged harassers. An unnamed former Blizzard CTO was observed by employees groping inebriated female employees at company events. Uh, The lawsuit alleged uh, Alex Afrazabi, the former senior creative director for World of Warcraft, was permitted to engage in blatant sexual harassment with little to no repercussions. Uh, during BlizzCon, he was alleged to hit on female employees, telling him, telling them he wanted to marry them, attempting to kiss them, and putting his arms around them. This was in plain view of other male employees, including supervisors, who had to intervene and pull him off of female employees. Uh, and this is just wow. some of the stuff that's in the suit. And I'll, I'll put a link to the Eurogamer article in the show notes for yep. folks that want to read up on it. The... Uh, <clears throat> And of course, with allegations this bad, uh, much like uh, Ubisoft last year and the all of the other issues that came out last summer, uh, the company responded. Oh. Unlike Ubisoft, the response was really bad. Oh. Like, really bad. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the response in full. It's a little long, but not terribly so. Uh, but I think it, it's important for the it's important. Yeah. So their response is, and I quote, we value diversity and strive to foster a workplace that offers inclusivity for everyone. There is no place in our company or industry or any industry for sexual misconduct or harassment of any kind. We take every allegation seriously and investigate all claims in cases related to misconduct. Action was taken to address the issue. Nice start. Sure. Very boilerplate response to something like this. Right, right. exactly what you would expect. Now we go to the next one. Uh, The DFEH, which is the Department of... It's basically the the health and... Or employee stuff for the state. uh, uh, Oh, it's... Okay. Yeah, the employment people. So it's their their labor department. It's their labor department. Okay. Uh, Includes distorted and in many cases false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. They are were required by law to adequately investigate and to have good faith discussions with us to better understand and to resolve any claims or concerns before going to litigation, but they failed to do so. Instead, they rushed to file an inaccurate complaint, as we will demonstrate in court. We are sickened by the reprehensible conduct of the DFEH to drag into the complaint the tragic suicide of an employee whose passing has no bearing whatsoever on this case and with no regard for her grieving family. While we find this behavior to be disgraceful and unprofessional, it is unfortunately an example of how we have conducted them or how they have conducted themselves throughout the course of their investigation. 
It is this type of irresponsible behavior from unaccountable state bureaucrats that are driving many of the state's best businesses out of California. The picture of the DFEH pace paints is not the blizzard workplace of today. Over the past several years and continuing since the initial investigation started, we've made significant changes to address company culture and reflect more diversity within our leadership teams. We've amplified internal programs and channels for employees to report violations, including the ask list with a confidential integrity hotline and introduced an employee relations team dedicated to investigating employee concerns. We have strengthened our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion and combined our employees' networks at a global level to provide additional support. Employees must also undergo regular anti-harassment training and have done so for many years. We put tremendous effort in creating fair and rewarding compensation packages and policies that reflect our culture and business, and we strive to pay all employees fairly for equal or substantially similar work. We take a variety of proactive steps to ensure the pay is driven by non-discriminatory factors. For example, we reward and compensate employees based upon their performance, and we conduct extensive anti-discrimination trainings, including those who are part of the compensation process. We are confident in our ability to demonstrate our practices as equal opportunity employers to foster a supportive, diverse, and inclusive workplace for our people, and we are committed to continuing this effort in the years to come. It is a shame that the DFEH did not want to engage with us on what they thought they were seeing in their investigation. So, this will be interesting once it comes to the actual court. Yeah, some of these uh, paragraphs are something that I I wouldn't have been too surprised to have seen in a response to the court. Right. You know, uh, maybe, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, I'm thinking like in a civil case, if you're submitting what reasons why you think the allegations aren't accurate, I could see some of this sort of phrasing, some of it uh, possibly showing up there. I. I don't know. In a way, this is sort of all over the place, but like bringing up businesses leaving California and suggesting that that's somehow a it's weird. It's like that's like a that's like a petty political attack. And I'm not even sure it's very accurate uh, in the sense that my I couldn't very well be wrong. But my understanding is most of the businesses that leave California leave California because of the high prices on property and people can't find places to live and it becomes very challenging compared to a state like Texas where it's much more affordable. Right. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with California being too hard on people over sexual harassment as a business. You see, it's a yeah. totally different topic. So, uh, you know, you could say there are things in California that make the, the business climate. I guess that's what they were going for. But again, it's like this, that's not, that would not be the tone I would have ever advised be like, Hey, you know what would look really good for you? would be when you're accused of uh, having a culture of harassment to instead complain about the government. Yeah. And say that the government is just trying to trying to be mean to you. And, and so I, yeah, there's things in this, in, in this, that, that is very correct. Uh, the kind of thing I would expect with talking about the moves they've made, the changes they've made. Sure. Uh, obviously, at the state level, they've felt that there is enough issues that the moves and stuff they've done either hasn't been enough or is je- has just been, you know, painting over the problem without actually attempting to repair the problem. And what's interesting about this is that the many of the developers 
for Blizzard have come out on their own and spoken up about this. And there have been pretty much openly saying, we disagree with our company's response to this because this is an actual problem. Uh, I know several of these cases people talk about. I know, I, I know the people and I've been involved and I've seen them. And when their actual people working for them are coming out and saying, yeah, this is crap. This isn't fixed yet. Then it feels like a major disconnect between the uh, communications team and the reality of the day-to-day work. Yeah. I, I mean, my, and I, I just, I don't know enough about this stuff to be sure. My, my read of it is it feels to me like they decided that their public statement needed to align with what their court strategy is going to be. And some of this language, some of this phrasing, like, like it, cause they have the parts like the first, paragraph and some of the later paragraphs where they were emphasizing that they you know they value diversity and they talk but some of those aspects like are are, again i don't know everything in the suit we've been focused on the harassment side right uh, because they are bringing up a whole thing about like compensation and stuff uh and that like unfair pay practices wasn't i thought the point of the discussion maybe that's part of the lawsuit it could be part of the yeah because i didn't go through the entire lawsuit i just like okay so you've got the it just seems like you're sort of outlining your court strategy the biggest blunt in my view the biggest blunder in their response was the suicide yeah because now you look like in my view you as a company look like you're trying to use someone's suicide as a shield yeah because the suicide is in the lawsuit it's mentioned as as being caused because of uh, the ongoing situation. So, I mean, them saying that, you know, referring to the the reference of it as reprehensible, that they're sickened, that there was no regard for the grieving family. Uh, I, basically, uh, this is one of those blank in my view. You know, if I were to distill it in a more com- common parlance, this is a this is that standard. Oh, we're just going to call you unprofessional because we don't like what you did. So the state was unprofessional for referencing this, even though they're not presenting anything here that indicates that there was no regard for the grieving family or that the grieving family doesn't support the state in its yeah. position. We don't know. In a lot of ways, we don't. And in some ways, it may not matter. I mean, if the, if the company did wrong, the stance of the family is, I'm sorry to say, it's kind of moot. It's not right. their place to control. That's not their choice. It's sort of like asking the, you know, the, survivors of a victim of a crime what do you want to have happen to the defendant i mean yes you definitely are entitled to an opinion but there's a reason why we don't let those people make those decisions it's because they're they're too close to it so anyway i just thought that was really tone deaf to to you try and use that because it comes across like people that use charity stuff for shielding this is trying to it's you know it's like the opposite of victim blaming it is yeah here i'm going to bring up these victims aspects and i'm going to use them as a corporate shield to try and and make it look like you're the bad guy because you didn't because you brought up something sensitive and that's uh, pretty much how it, this whole thing yeah, comes off. That's, that I just don't. This is not a. Uh, I mean, my my opinion is this is not a good response overall. There's a lot of aspects to this that are pretty neutral, but there there are some pieces here that were just I think pretty big mistakes, and this looks overly defensive. Uh, yeah, it, and it comes off that way to me. It's that it's overly defensive and that it, it, it definitely has it feels like they were working with the state 
And the state's like, you're not doing good enough, so we're going to have to elevate this. And they're like... And the phrasing makes it sound like they're surprised, that they were surprised that they elevated. But it also, in a way, because of this this approach, makes me feel like one person wrote this and didn't screen it. It's so... Which is entirely possible if the response comes from a high enough level. I'm just, just to go through and, 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 and do it this way, I... I just, I just think that, I just think that the whole statement is really weird to run. I mean, they're on the defensive and it, it, in a way it's phrased, especially that second paragraph, it's phrased like they think they can take the initiative. You can't take the initiative in, even if you, even if they were in the right, they can't take the initiative in this as things are laid down. They're in a position of weakness and you can't just bulldoze. It's not going to, it looks like you're trying to be diversionary instead of that. You actually don't have it. Like you, if you really didn't do anything wrong, that would be what you would be stressing. Not this. Oh, it's distorted and all that. It'd be more like, here are the complaints. Here are the, here's where kind of like a compensation thing. Here's where we're okay. Uh, they just didn't do. I, anyway, it's just, it's not, it's not a good statement. Not a good statement. <sighs> Poor blizzard. They they've can't had, do nothing right. They've had nothing but problems for the last uh, several years at this point. So we will see how this turns out. Knowing the way courts go, it won't actually hit courts for two years. Maybe they settle. So that's probably what's how most of this stuff tends I to mean, end up I mean, the state being. may have done this to increase pressure. And they get, felt get, they weren't getting enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, enough feedback. You know, most things don't actually go to trial. So, I, I, again, I don't know because we're, you know, we're too much, we're too much on the outside to know exactly what the aspects of the investigation are. But, but given that there are developers within Blizzard that have disagreed so strongly with Blizzard's own public statement, it just, again, that's why a statement like this is such a bad idea. It's because it's easily undermined by, by other people that aren't associated with the state government. So, he says, "Like you walked in, you like you you chose to walk into this a spinning prop for <laughs> for no good reason other than you wanted to convey strength. But with your face missing, what strength do you have? You have faceless strength." Let's see. Uh, one little thing, I had to look it up again because because they put out in they had a couple internal emails that went out. Uh, I didn't have it included in the notes here. Uh, but from two different members from there, one from the Blizzard president, J. Allen Brack, which sounds like exactly what I expected to hear. The very understanding and, and you know, here are the steps we're taking. Uh, this is what we're... We hear you. Yeah, very much the we hear you um, kind of a thing that you expected. And then another one that came from their uh, chief compliance officer that had some of that, but also included a lot of the uh, uh, kind of comments that were seen in the initial, re- in the their public release. Uh, but it was mainly just hitting the high points of the stuff that they've changed and, and then that this was a wrong suit that shouldn't have happened, that everything's, because it does the whole, oh, this is all from stuff that happened before and we're different now. Because you know that that makes everything okay if you've made it instituted a couple changes, even if some of the people who were involved in it are still in high level executive positions. Because most of those people have been in high level executive positions there for 
years and years and years and years. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. Um, the big thing was that, uh, uh, like the, they said, I mean, stuff was reported. It's not that stuff wasn't being reported to HR. The HR just didn't do anything. They, they didn't take measures. So now there are issues. We'll see how things turn out. Uh, the ex boss for Blizzard, uh, Mike Moriheim, who left in, uh, in like 18 to go found another company, uh, put out a thing that just said he was ashamed, uh, over everything and that he's sorry that he failed people, which, cause he would have been there during the core of a lot of this. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, well, yeah, he's going but that's the thing is he's not, doesn't even work there anymore. He's got a, he owns a whole new company and he's making, he made a better apology than Blizzard did. So. Yeah. I just, I wonder if Blizzard feels like they can't because they, they think an apology would be an admission of guilt and undermine them in the suit. That's the most generous I can give them. It, I, yeah, I don't know. For why that seems sort of tone deaf in, you know, some of the paragraphs in particular. So, well, we'll move on to. Happier news? Question not, for mark? Poor, not for poor Nintendo. That's now on its last legs. Yeah, right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Valve has announced their 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 Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Steam Deck. <laughs> for those who haven't heard it, this is Valve's supposed Switch Killer. Switch Killer. It's a me. It's again. a it's a hand. <laughs> I'm not the best anymore. Oh no. <laughs> Your game is in another console. <laughs> the, uh, well, that's the thing is it's not gonna be. Nintendo has some of the best first party franchises in the world, but Steam they're has- not gonna. It, it doesn't matter how good this piece of equipment turns out to be. But Steam has visual novels. They do have visual novels. Here's the thing: it's gonna be just like. like okay, let's back up. For those who haven't heard. The Steam Deck is a handheld PC that Valve is putting out that looks just like the Switch. It's got two analog sticks, two touch pads, analog triggers, ABXY face buttons, four rear buttons, gyro controls, and a 7-inch touchscreen, which makes it identical in form factor to the Switch. On the other hand... It has a very good processor in it. It, it. it is a high-end system. It's got a custom Zen 2 processor uh, with all sorts of data and information that doesn't matter. Uh, 16 gig of RAM. Six, uh, the base model comes with 64 gig of storage. Um, the display is 7 inches, which matches the new OLED screen. Uh, it's got Bluetooth. It's got an SD expansion port. It is basically a super switch. I will freely admit that it's basically a super switch at a decent price point. Uh, shipping starts in December. It's $399 for the 64 gig version, $529 for the 250 gig version, which switches to a solid state drive and $649 for the 512 gigabyte version plus the SD card port for expansions. And it's comes with Steam OS and it's automatically in, in or not automatically, but you connect it to your Steam account. So you can play all your Steam games on your Steam Deck. And that's 
sounds amazing. Because who doesn't want to play Civilization VI while they're sitting in their chair somewhere for one more turn? I mean, let's face it. It's going to be just like like the, the Switch. Everyone's just going to be playing Stardew Valley. It's a giant, expensive Stardew Valley game uh, player. But we come up with a problem. And the problem is Valve's history with hardware. Mm. They have put out a whole bunch of stuff. They put out the Steam controller. That was a pretty respected controller. Until After it, it was discontinued yeah, and it had a fire sale on Yeah, it. when everybody could buy it for a dollar. Yeah. Because I I they were just one. trying to get rid of them because they wouldn't even work with most games through Steam. You had to go through special setup stuff that took like 20 minutes to set it up every time. Well, and they had the Steam machine, yeah. which was the desktop gaming system yeah. that they just never really sold very many of and had none. But they've got the Steam link so you can throw it from your computer to your TV, which you could pretty much do with anything nowadays. and But you could control it with your Steam controller if you had one before they had to sell them all off for a dollar because nobody wanted them and they were crap. They had the HTC Vive, the, the, the worst of the big uh, VR sets that is the one that everyone says not to buy even the new version of because it's way too expensive. It doesn't work as well as the, but you know, they've got a, it's valve. It could be what they say it is. It could be a switch killer. I don't see it because of the lack uh, of first party stuff that, the, that Nintendo has, it's not going to kill switch period. People say that because it looks like a switch. Yeah, I I think the big thing for me is that obviously because it plays the Steam library, I see where people where the logic of the of the attraction to it is, but given that all those games were designed not with this form factor in mind, I don't know how many of those games actually are going to be enjoyable in that capacity and there are already portable ways to enjoy your Steam library like with laptops and stuff. Mm-hmm. So so given all that, I just, I, I mean, it might be okay. The, the, I think they, they did a really good job with the pricing to, you know, they got it at a very compelling competitive price point. Yes. So that's a, that's a strong thing for it. I just, I, I don't know if it really brings enough new to the table to motivate most people. I don't, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that there are, there is going to be a segment of hardcore Gamer type people, the guys who've been crying and crying for Nintendo to put out uh, PS4, PS5 level hardware in that form factor that might really like it. If they've got the games, I mean, I've got a huge Steam library, but the truth of the matter is that's not really a gaming factor that I I like. Well, one of the <clears throat> things I wonder is, and I don't know, and maybe it's been posted. I've not obviously done any research on it. Is like on the analytics, how many people play the Switch docked versus play in the cons- in the in the handheld mode? Because the Steam Deck in the docked perspective doesn't bring you dock this. It's what your PC does, so that doesn't solve that. That market isn't there for this. You already have a Steam library. You already have a computer that lets you play docked. So it would only be for the portability aspect. 
I don't even know if Switch is, I mean, Switch obviously is a, like a 3DS replacement, but it's also their Wii and Wii U replacement. It's, it's their plug to the TV console and their portable. That's right. part of why it's so popular. I, I mean, I know people that do primarily use the Switch in its portable format, and I know others that keep it almost entirely cons- uh, docked yeah. to the TV. So I do too. I, so I just, I'm not, it's not, this isn't going to be as broadly appealing because all the Steam library stuff for a docked experience, pretty much everyone already has. I mean, they, that's how they already enjoy their Steam mm-hmm. games. So, so that, that side of the market's already been met by, by Steam. They don't, they can't penetrate that very well. I yeah. don't feel. Well, and the thing is, is not only is it already marked, the biggest, thing you could talk about would be like, oh, but I want to sit on my couch and play on my TV. Well, they already made a device for that that didn't sell real great called the Steam Link. Because, you know, I could just hook my computer up to the TV. Yeah. Which takes the same amount of time. As and if that's really the big thing, then doesn't that mean this becomes a Stadia killer? Because that, that's what Stadia needs is, is, is another knife in its back. <laughs> I'm just saying, is that what the Stadia's <laughs> big thing is? That you can stream it to like any device that you you want. I don't know. I don't Stadia care. Stadia, so you care. can hook your phone and you can hold the controller that's three times the size of your phone while it's hooked to your phone, and you can stare at it while you're playing right there, holding it in your hands through the power of broadband. Through the power of that's broadband. The, that's the exciting part. Until you hit your points and you're throttled. Well, there's always a price. There's always a price. We'll finish up with. More news. Nintendo came out and to clarify their position that has nothing to do with the Steam Deck at all, but does have to do with all the rumors and leaks that came out around the announcement of the uh, uh, Switch OLED. And they wanted to clarify because there were still some people out there thinking that the OLED was was just part of it. That there's going to be this Super Switch coming out from Nintendo, also. Oh, kind of like uh, like when Microsoft has done like their their lighter, smaller versions of the, con- and then they would have a uh, right. more powerful one in the last. Exactly. Gen. Okay, I see that. So uh, I still think it's Switch Pro. Right. Well, they reach out to clarify that other than the Switch OLED, they have no plans for any other models of the Switch at this time. Curb stop fatality. <laughs> <laughs> So they wanted to make it very clear okay. that there's like, there's, that, like, that, that there's no y'all, Switch Pro. Like, y'all quit talking. Buy these OLEDs and quit talking. Quit. <laughs> buy our OLEDs. Quit holding out. Well, so good for them to clarify because yeah, I think that rumor is going to live on forever. Oh, I, it, I don't even think that that's good enough to no, kill no, it that won't, rumor. It won't. Not not so, in today's world. It won't. But yeah, oh, they're lying. They're trying to trick us. The Twixie places. So Twixie. Well, that's where we are. Well, great, exciting, happy, joyful episode. That's a lot of that is a lot of stuff. Well, we had some fun talking about the Steam Deck. Yeah, and 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 maybe internet for you know pinball might finally get internet. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 definitely Cutting what edge. pinball needs oh, the most. Living, we're living internet. on the edge of the knife. Woohoo! All this money pouring into pinball. <laughs> feels so, like they're still so slow to change anything. But we're not too slow when it comes to responding to people. So if you want to reach out to us, you can always email us at eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can visit us over at facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. 
We're on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And um, well, we probably won't know more about Stern's plans in the next couple weeks, but hey, we might have some other announcements. There are other companies. There are other rumors I'm hearing about. There could be something interesting and good. Mm-hmm. But uh, until then, I am Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.